0: Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Episode number 92 of the Lean Blog Podcast for June 3rd, 2010 brings a returning guest, Mike Micklewright. He is the author of two new books, and the one we're going to talk about today is called Out of Another Crisis, or alternatively out of another bleeping crisis, and not that there's a curse word on the cover, but it's got those cartoon kind of symbols that kind of imply uh, some sort of swear word. But we're going to talk about that. If you want to hear the previous episode with Mike, you can go to leanblog.org slash 43. If you want to listen to any of the old episodes, you can go to leanpodcast.org. And if you're feeling lucky, uh, a la the Google search page and you want a random podcast, You can enter leanblog.org slash n, where n equals a number between 1 and 92. And if you do hit leanblog.org slash 92, you'll end up right back here at this podcast. But it's a good way of finding a random old podcast. I hope you enjoy listening. Mike is always thought-provoking and entertaining, but with a serious message about quality improvement. So as always, I hope you enjoy the podcast, and thanks for listening. Well, I want to welcome back returning guest Mike Micklewright. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. Thank you, Mark. You, you were a very popular guest when you were on before, talking about uh, Dr. Deming and, and giving us a, br- a brief glimpse uh, of your Dr. Deming uh, voice and, and uh, impersonation. So uh, it's great to have you back. And I was excited that you have not one, but two books coming out right now and wanted to talk to you. Uh, about your new book, um, Revisiting Dr. Deming. So you tell us about the, the title. It's an interesting title and subtitle and uh, some of the motivation behind the book.
1: Okay, and thanks for having me back on. I uh, appreciate that. Um, yeah, the title is uh, Out of Another Crisis. It's um, uh, it's a follow-up to Dr. Deming's uh, Out, of, Out of a Crisis, uh, written in, uh, back in 1982. And I guess there's a couple reasons why I wanted to write a follow-up book. Uh, the first one is is, is that um, uh, in the original book, uh, Dr. Deming said it would take um, uh, between 10 and 30 years to uh, completely transform uh, Western management styles. And here we are at uh, 28 years after he mentioned that in his book. And I thought, okay, well it's time to go back and revisit and see how we've done. Uh, have we listened to him, or have we have we uh, completely ignored uh, his message? Uh, and reverted back to our our old ways. Um, And so that was one of the the main reasons that I wanted to to focus in on that. And then I I, um, played around with a a subtitle and uh, had different thoughts on the subtitle, uh, uh, went at different angles. Uh, The subtitle is called Motivation Through Humiliation, which is uh, uh, kind of strange. It sounds strange, but uh, for those people who who do um, uh, read some of my writings, they'll, they'll understand why. <laughs> uh, sometimes I, th- I say things uh, tongue-in-cheek, but uh, just to get the people to think. Um, and the idea behind this was, um, uh, you know, there's so many uh, CEOs that we have out there and and uh, top managers out there who do uh, promote um, uh, performance appraisal systems. And as a lot of Demingites know, uh, Dr. Deming uh, was completely against the uh, uh, performance appraisal systems, and with good reason. Um, but you know, you you got to kind kind of understand well, well why does why does a CEO like a performance appraisal system? Why are they such uh, big advocates of performance appraisals? And uh, a lot of it is just because uh, well they've done well in that system. I mean, obviously they've moved up through the system and they've always done well, and uh, they've left a lot of other people at the curb side. Uh, so of course they like that type of system, and it builds in the the competition and so forth within an organization. And so they kind of stick to that. And um, the idea that, that I thought was, okay, well, here we are just coming out of a, a worldwide recession. Um, and, um, you know, maybe it's, a, it's time to evaluate CEO performance as a whole. Um, and uh, let's look at uh, CEO performance when we compare uh, how they've done, especially uh, through the recession and the years leading up to the recession, how they've done when compared to Deming's 14 points or his 14 principles. And um, and the idea is it, it kind of gives them a little bit of a taste of their own medicine in a way by grading their performance as if that's supposed to motivate them. Um, and what it's really trying to show is that you know when you grade people in their performance, uh, which is not real fair, um, it, it's not a motivator. And that's exactly what they're doing with so many workers out there is that we are not motivating people by humiliating them with uh, grades in a system that's uh, – uh, in, in which you cannot really single out one person 's performance, so what I do is I go through uh, one of the chapters in the book and I go through each of the fourteen points and uh, provide a number of different little stories here and there uh, and then give them an overall grade for one of their one of their uh, um, uh, one of those points
0: right and the, the <laughs> you're you 're not a a great inflation uh professor uh you know reading through the book. Uh, the, the executives don't grade out very well. In fact, I mean they—they're they, flunking out of Dr. Deming's University of of Life, I guess, right? You're,
1: you're yes, right. Ex- that's exactly right. And, and you know, I could pick to any one of those points. And yes, there's—I uh, never really went through and counted up the number of Fs and Ds and so forth. But uh, uh, I, I, there's prop out of the fourteen points, I, there's probably nine or ten Fs uh, that I hand out. One is for. Um, uh, point number four, uh, you know, and point number four is uh, uh, where Dr. Deming strongly suggested that we end the practice of awarding business on the on the basis of price tag, uh, and and clearly, quite clearly, we do this uh, uh, today uh, more than we did back in uh, in 1982, as uh, more and more of our products and processes have been uh, outsourced and offshored uh, overseas, uh, and oftentimes. Um, just, but just because uh, uh, one person might look at uh, at price tag alone and not consider all of the other uh, costs associated with uh, uh, with what's going on. I think it's kind of interesting that uh, it was uh, just uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, when the Wall Street Journal came out with an on- article, and of course we have the no- another new term out there, and that's uh, onshoring or or reshoring. re-shoring. Have re-shoring. you heard that? That's I've
0: heard our, onshoring.
1: I, I didn't know reshoring. But. Yeah, they use both of them in the in the same article, onshoring and reshoring. And, and the idea, of course, is to bring back some of the uh, manufacturing that we did once offshore <laughs> uh, to perhaps a China or India or, or wherever. And of course, they say you know that the reasons are is because uh, you know excessive uh, transportation costs and quality problems and and those types of things in a way that does sound admirable. Uh, that if that's that's truly um, uh, the reason for bringing it back, but uh, uh, at the same time, the article refers to uh, it seems like the real reason is the value of the dollar. So uh, it probably has nothing to do with quality, once again, and and looking at total cost, but it probably has to do with the same old thing where we're still awarding business Mm -hmm. based on price tag alone.
0: Yeah, I mean and I guess the game is set up where they're saving money both when it was offshore and they're saving money when they bring it back so they exactly. would give they would give themselves an a um, undoubtedly but yeah there are a lot a lot of F's a lot of d's uh, I'm flipping through it just now there's one C but it se- you know it seems to be the case that in some of these dimensions you said dr Deming said it would take 10 to 30 years to to progress forward but in a lot of cases we're moving backwards even it seems
1: Right. Oh, absolutely, and and that's exactly why there were um, so many so many poor grades. And then, of course, you know, someone might say, "Well, yeah, but Mike, what makes you an expert at, at grading CEOs as a whole?" And, and that is a point. That that's one of the points that I'm making. I, I am not perhaps uh, the expert who should grade CEOs as a whole. Uh, nor is a boss a person who should be able to grade his or her employee or, for that matter, a teacher to grade a student working in a system uh, that's standardized for the masses rather than for individuals. So, yes, I may not be any more qualified than you or some other person out there, um, but that's an important point. We are not, all of us, are not qualified to evaluate the performance of other people, especially when we're working in a system that's faulty.
0: Yeah. And... Yeah, there's from the subtitle, and I think that was the first question I, I emailed you. I'm like, Mike, what's with the subtitle? And you do explain it in the uh, the introduction to the book. that yes, it's kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek uh, attention grabber, as is the title itself. Uh, if you're looking at the book, uh, I wasn't sh- wasn't sure if you're supposed to pronounce this out of another bleeping crisis, because you've got the funny, you know, the uh, the, the comic strip punctuation yeah. symbols representing. On um, swearing, so you know it's not—it's not an angry book. It's certainly—it's a, a, a serious topic book. Uh, it's a book that made me chuckle, and, and it's funny um, at, at times. So I, I, I appreciate the way that um, you know, that that tone that you took with it. Um, so one other question I wanted to ask you—you um, you know, not only revisiting Doctor Deming's teachings, but you know, you've got a chapter in here of kind of putting on, you know, you know, trying to think through what Dr. Deming would think of today's modern quality movement. And, you know, the thing, the thing that struck me, you know, I've seen you right before about, you know, wanting to give away your black belt, and uh, uh, there's a section in there um, where, where you're pretty critical, uh, where you're, you're saying Dr. Deming would be pretty critical of Six Sigma. So I was wondering if you could touch on some of that uh, a, a little bit, yeah. what some of the, the faults are uh, sure. with that approach.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, let me start off by saying it's you know what what Dr. Deming would also say is that what we're losing focus in on is is uh, is that we're not focusing in on the principles that he talked about. We we're doing the same old thing that we always do, and we're focusing in on tools. And and Six Sigma is a is a huge bag of tools. And 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 I do like some of the tools. I mean, that's where my career started. I mean, I would teach uh, people, and I'm a big believer in doing design of experiments and. Failure mode and effects analysis and SBC and so forth. So we get this huge bag of of tools, but the problem is, and one of the main reasons Dr. Deming would be critical of Six Sigma is just the fact that that's our own, only focus. We're not focusing in on changing Western management styles. We're not focusing in on changing uh, leadership. Uh, we're focusing in on the same old stuff, just uh, a repackaging. Um, so so that's from like the bigger picture point of view. But you know, from the detailed point of view, there, yeah, there'd be a number of things that. Um, uh, that he would have a problem with and I have a problem with myself. Um, and, and one of which is just that it's, uh, you know, I say in the book that it's, a, a, it's an elitist system. And I actually borrowed that term from uh, Dr. Tony Burns. Um, but uh, I like that term that he called, he referred to it as, it's, a, it's an elitist system in which you have yellow belts and green belts and black belts. And these are the people, these are the experts who are working on problem solving in other areas, in other people's areas. Well, that goes against uh, um, Dr. Deming's point about, about trying to get, uh, making sure that uh, the transformation is every person's job, it's everybody's job. And and that also falls in the face or, or goes against uh, what Lane tries to preach to us, and that um, we are working on continuous improvement, which is improvement made by everybody every single day, not just people with a belt. And and so it's not it's not the individual tools of Six Sigma that I'm critical of, even though I am critical of some of those. Uh, but it's the whole management system once again uh, where we're losing focus. Um, the other thing that you see is that you see, um, uh, you know, just a bunch of. Um, oftentimes, you you, you see uh, companies who are going down the Six Sigma route. Uh, they develop uh, objectives,
0: uh, and
1: some of those objectives would be um, uh, train X number of black belts. Right, it's well, uh, a do, quota. <laughs> uh, it's a quota. Do X number of projects. Um, uh, save X number of dollars per project. And and that's the way these, these a lot of these uh, Six Sigma programs are being run. And so yes, then you have this champion who goes ahead and cha- trains 100 black belts or 800 black belts or whatever. Uh, no matter if they're going to use it or not. <laughs> so we're <laughs> training a whole bunch of people just to meet this quota, just to meet this number. Um, so so the Six Sigma management itself um, uh, flies in the face of, of uh, Dr. Deming's point that we should not be running our our businesses based on meeting departmental objectives and or and/or quotas. Um, you know, there's so many things. There's so many parts. Uh, Six Sigma is based on 3.4 defects <laughs> per million opportunities. Well, you know, what's the best way, what's the easiest way, I should say, of getting to 3.4 defects per million opportunities? Well, the easiest way is to open up tolerances. Yeah. Uh, uh, now, that doesn't, of course, improve quality. It's another right. bogey. It's, nothing, it's something that we're shooting for. Uh, it doesn't, um, it doesn't uh, uh, really focus in on reduction of variation. And uh, which is what we should be doing. That's where the focus should be. Uh, The other thing is that you can also achieve 3.4 defects per million opportunities by um, increasing the number of opportunities that you you, you count. Uh, Again, what we're doing there is we're just playing with numbers. Um, So, yes, there's just a a ton of flaws. And then also I think, you know, I I look at Six Sigma also from from the standpoint of of waste, uh, perhaps uh, waste in training. Um, I've talked to so many different black belts over the years, and when you ask, when you talk to them, it's always a good question to ask. Um, okay, all the training that you had, what percentage of what you learned do you actually use? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you hear a figure like around five percent. So Five percent of everything that they learned, they use. Well, that seems to be very wasteful. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you also look at how many black belts were trained and how many are actually uh, actively um, uh, pursuing it. See, the other part of the whole sy- system is that what becomes important is the belt. So a belt mm-hmm. is no different than a certificate or a grade in school or, or a reward of some sort. And so what you end up seeing is, is people uh, looking to pad their resumes, mm-hmm. looking to get that belt, um, and that becomes the focus. It's not the education. It's not the knowledge. And, and, and that's what's so wrong. It's this another extrinsic motivator that has completely motivated so many people To become a black belt or a green belt, just so that they can move on to the next job and get higher pay.
0: Yeah. And even though I touched on on lean a little bit, because I'm I'm sure modern lean uh, practices wouldn't wouldn't go unscathed in a a review by Dr. Deming. That, as you point out in the book, uh, so many of the uh, management mindsets and philosophy in what we would consider lean management, you know, certainly comes from Dr. Deming and is aligned with Dr. Deming. But the way people, you know, in in a lot of cases, use lean tools or or methods, um, it's fair to say falls into some of the same traps that you described with Six Sigma.
1: Yeah, it's it's a whole lot different. I mean, I I look at that as a different animal altogether. In fact, what I, um, in one part of the book, I I compare... um, um the book uh dr uh, jeffrey Liker's book called the the, the uh, toyota way in which he also has 14 principles behind uh the toyota production system uh you know the obviously the 14 principles um it's just a coincidence that it happens to be uh, the number 14 just like uh, deming's points but i go through the book and i compare the two and i show how that how the the two are aligned, so what I do believe and what I've seen is that the Deming principles and Lean principles are very, very much aligned, and they're very much in sync. Um, and uh, and and of course, we do know that Deming had a huge influence on, on Toyota, uh, so that does make sense. So when you compare their principles, they do look different, but in essence, they're very compatible, they're very much aligned. So it has nothing to do with... Um, how lean is supposed to be but it does have to do with what you said you the word you said was uh, uh, practices lean practices and um so the lean practices that i actually see and how they're in how lean is actually being pursued at so many companies is not aligned uh with what dr Deming um uh would have uh, wanted us to do and what he was he was pr- pursuing i mean you know Deming talked a lot about uh, uh, waste elimination. He talked a lot about involving all employees, and one of the greatest wastes in the United States was not using the minds and skills of of our employees. So, uh, you know, what he believed and in what uh, uh, the principles behind the uh, uh, lean believes is 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 uh, very much in sync. It's just that we don't practice it that way. And I and I and I think the biggest thing that I that I would say is is. Um, um, in at least the companies that I've worked with, and again, that's uh, you know that's a number of companies, but it's it's uh, it's still a sampling, um, is that uh, there still is a strong disconnect between lean and quality, um, and um, and I see this in a lot of different organizations where um, a lot of lean um, practices, a lot of lean programs are being headed by uh, operations type people, production people. Uh, and there's, and there's, their focus is still on efficiencies and productivity and, and uh, as a result of that, decreasing costs. But they don't see the relationship between what I just said and quality. Uh, quality is still done by another group. Uh, it's, it has nothing to do with lean, even though it, one of the eight wastes is defects. Uh, they don't look at it that way. It's, it's, and so, so we have the quality people and we have the lean folks, and in some companies you have the Six Sigma people, and all these groups don't <laughs> talk to each other. Right. And yet we're all spo- supposed to be trying to do the th- same thing, which is continuous improvement. So um, so it's actual lean practice, I, I think, that falls short of what, uh, uh, in many companies, not all, but in many companies, where, uh, it falls short of what uh, uh, Deming Demi preached to us years ago. Yeah.
0: Well, and for that reason, I, I think it's great that you've uh, written and published this book that hopefully it... it helps put Dr. Deming's ideas uh, a little bit more on the front burner, because it's certainly uh, a big opportunity for organizations that are maybe being exposed to his ideas uh, for the first time, people young in their careers who weren't lucky, like I was, to be exposed to Dr. Deming very early, really even before I'd started my career. Um, and, and then maybe those who are familiar with Dr. Deming, and, and that includes a lot of people in healthcare. I mean, I um, when I give talks, I ask people to raise their hand. Um, you know, hands go up. They know of Dr. Deming, but then there's a big gap in you know, what their organizations are doing with the Deming Principle. So I, the, the book is a great introduction or you know, a, a deeper dive for those of us who have read Dr. Deming's uh, works previously. So it's highly recommended. And maybe just as a wrap-up, if you can, Mike, remind people of the title of this and your other book on – uh, on ISO and some different ways that they could find the book online or interact with you.
1: Okay, um, yeah, the, the book. Uh, the title of the book is Out of Another Bleeping Crisis, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it can be found through uh, ASQ, um, also uh, Amazon.com. Um, those are the, the the two main sources right now. I do know that some bookstores are reviewing it, like Barnes and Noble is reviewing it right now. Um, but anyway, ASQ and um, um, uh, um, Amazon.com and then uh, the other book is, is uh, Lean Ice 9001 and basically what I'm trying to show there is how is how um, uh, the concepts of lean, the tools and the philosophies and principles of lean should be and can be very compatible with the quality management system and how the two can help uh, complement each, each other uh, rather than like I just said a while ago, rather than being opposing forces in which uh, you fight for resources and they're run by different departments and so forth. Uh, and also, you know, a big part of that book shows how to uh, uh, lean out your quality management system documentation. Uh, every company seems to suffer from over-documentation. And uh, and this shows uh, ways that you can uh, reduce that. So um, uh, my website is uh, com. That's M-I-K-E-M-I-C-K.com. And my email is mike at Mech dot com, um, and I do a lot of presentations for uh, both of these materials. As you know, um, you know I do uh, Doctor Deming as a uh, as a keynote uh, for many different uh, organizations, um, and we're talking about doing uh, perhaps a, a book tour for both of them uh, coming up. So people okay. need to get a hold of me. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, a tip for people searching on, on Amazon, uh, if you search for Mike Micklewright or Out of Another Crisis, it comes up. I, I think if, if we search for the bleeping crisis, I don't know if that comes up, but um, yeah. I want people to find the book. I'm not trying to muddy the waters with the uh, uh, throwing in the, uh, the, the bleeping into the title. Um, one, one last question, or I'd say you know, a friendly jab at you. Um, you, you you produced a batch of two books at the same time, right? I'm just curious, did you write them in parallel, or is it just uh, one after the other, or was it coincidental they're coming out at the same
1: time? No, That's, that's funny you asked Someone else asked me the same question, too. Um, <laughs> it's a batch, right? No, I, I did not. Uh, those were written in single-piece flow fashion, <laughs> um, and uh, they were written in single-piece flow. So, so Out of the Crisis was first completed, um and then uh, Lean Ice 9001 was completed, and then they were also um, uh, the the later processes. They were edited and um, uh, printed and so forth in single pe- single piece flow fashion as well. But um, the they were submitted to different publishers as a group, as a batch, uh, uh, okay. and the purpose of that was just to show, hey, there's two books at one time. Uh, let's look at both of them. That might be a, a stronger selling point. And uh, ASQ liked that and and, and took them both at the same time. So,
0: (laughs) well, thinking back to your DVD, I I wish I well. Maybe I can I can paste in a sound effect of the bell when we said that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, great stuff. Really enjoyed um, out of another crisis, Mike. And I want to thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.